Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. Well, food comes right back into the center of our Bible reading today, in some ways both in New and Old Testaments, as we continue in the New Testament, in the wake of the feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus teaches on being the bread of life, and also in Leviticus, as we look at what, what foods they were and weren't allowed to eat. And as we consider all this, I hope we leave today with lessons on humility and holiness. Let's start with the New Testament, John 6, 41 through 71. Now, again, all four Gospels recorded the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. This is the only time in which that is true. Uh, But John then gives us a lot in chapter 6 that goes into the aftermath of that miracle and Jesus' teaching. And we saw in our last reading that Jesus claimed to be the bread of life. In verse 35, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So that was the claim made in the last reading, and we pick it up now in verse 41, where Jesus reiterates, uh, or they're grumbling about this um, in verse 41. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they grumble saying, you know, don't we know him? And Jesus says, don't grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, there's going to be our first reason for humility as we look at this continued teaching of Jesus being the bread on life, and that's there in verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So those of us that have put our faith in Christ, we should not have a mindset that leads us to think or to act, well, hey, I figured it out. What's everybody else's problem? Why is everybody else such an idiot? Why can't they come to put their faith in Christ and believe in him? Well, we need to be reminded that we would not have done so without the drawing of the Father on our own Hearts. And that's one thing we see a lot and we'll see more of in the Gospel of John. There is this idea of blindness upon humanity and God opens up our eyes. And so that's kind of a first reason there for humility. But really the central uh, reason for humility we are going to see in this passage is uh, just when Jesus gets to the claim in verse 53, where he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And Jesus talks about giving his flesh for the world. And so there, I think that really points us then to the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ that he would make on our behalf. And that's where maybe that's a good image for faith, right? You eat something, it becomes a part of you because clearly Jesus is not advocating cannibalism here. The law forbade the drinking of blood. It's not clearly not meant to be taken literally, but to eat his flesh, to drink his blood, that's a way of really saying we have to make what he has done, his sacrificial death, a part of us. 
right? You, you can taste something with your tongue, but spit it out. But once you once you swallow something, right, you've, you've made a, a faith commitment, so to speak, right? You're saying, I believe in this food or I believe in this drink. And that's what he's saying here. You, you believe really in my flesh, in my blood. You believe in the sacrifice that I have paid to you. You take it all in. It becomes a part of you. And that, again, should be something that causes us to be humble. The only reason you and I can have a hope for eternal life is because of the death of Jesus Christ. Your hope for your life is based on the death of somebody else. And in this case, that somebody else is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Do you see how this should have a humbling effect on us? And can you see how many people rejected this? Not because it was too hard to understand, but because they did not like what it implied. People do not want to admit that they need a Savior who gave himself as a sacrifice for sins. But that is clearly what the Bible teaches, and that is what God calls us to believe. Now, in the wake of this, many people stop following Jesus, even. And Jesus says to some that are struggling with this, do you take offense at this in verse 61? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Uh, You know, what if you were really to see the Son of God in his glory? Then how would you feel? Like, that would be even more humbling. But even though many walk away in verse 66, Jesus turns to the 12 and says, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And that is really a humility that we should bring to the Word with us every single day. We should bring to the Word that kind of attitude, where else are we going to go? When we come to the Word, it's not, do I like what this says or not? Because that's really what the people were doing. Do I like what Jesus is saying or not? No, we come to the Word with humility, saying, this is what Jesus says. And I have to study so I can know what he says and what he means by what he says, but no part of that process is, do I like what he says or not? And part of that's just the pragmatic reason that this this is the word of life. He has the words of life. There's nowhere else to go. This is what is good. And so we, in humility, choose to accept it or to kind of use the similar analogy, we eat it up. We eat up the words of Christ because there is simply no other option. Do you bring that attitude to the word with you? I hope John 6 really inspires our humility today. As we pivot now to the Old Testament and we look at Leviticus 9 through 11, uh, we're going to see more on the idea of holiness, which is really a central idea to this entire book of the Bible, holiness. And it is clearly something that we are called to live out as well. So what do we see about holiness? Well, Chapter 9 reminds me a lot of the end of Exodus. If you remember that from just a few days ago, we read through the end of Exodus, and we saw uh, just as the people did everything that God had commanded them to do, you know, God shows up 
And here we're going to see a very similar thing in chapter 9. They're doing the consecrating and the sacrifices the way that they were commanded to do. And you'll even see that idea, you know, as the Lord commanded coming up uh, in several verses in chapter 9. And then at the end, verse 24, and the fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. So there, that reminds me a lot of the end of Exodus. They're doing what the Lord has commanded and God gives some kind of visible manifestation of his glory. In this case, the fire consuming the sacrifice. But then things take a turn. Now, in beginning of verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 1, now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized or strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So there, see that key phrase at the end of verse 1, where in chapter 9 we see often, as the Lord had commanded, as the Lord has commanded. Here we see, which he had not commanded. And so now fire comes out again, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. So here we see they stray in their um, in their worship, stray in their whatever they're doing here from what God had commanded. And here we see how seriously God takes that. And even one commentator noted that. Sometimes when when things are new, we see just this clear show from God about how serious this is. Think in the New Testament, when the church is still new there in Jerusalem, we see Ananias and Sapphira who are killed for lying to the Holy Spirit. And so here, this reminds us of the holiness of God and that as we approach him in worship, we are intended to do that in the way that he has commanded And when we do not do that, that is something that is very serious in the eyes of God. How could it not be more serious than fire coming out from before the Lord to consume these two sons of Aaron? And there's some thought based on what it says in verse 9, as God speaks to Aaron and says, drink no wine or strong drink. Were these sons drunk when they decided this was a good idea to do? It's possible. It doesn't say so explicitly, but given the instruction about not being drunk to Aaron and and his other sons, uh, that's definitely a possibility. But we see clearly a message regarding how seriously God takes holiness and how how he responds to that in worship. And then we get into chapter 11, and I want us to see that the theme of holiness does not go away. At first glance, you're going to see uh, clean and unclean animals. And yes, this is the chapter in the Bible where we see that, well, The Jewish people weren't going to eat pork, which means no bacon. And if you're like me, you think, oh, that's sad. And then we think, oh, well, great. Clearly, the New Testament teaches we don't need to do that. So, yay. So, this chapter means nothing to me. Okay, hold your horses before you go that far. Now, why were there certain clean or unclean foods? That's where I've been reading the Bible a long time. I've been studying the Bible for a long time. I've heard various explanations. I've yet to hear one explanation that clearly shows, oh, this is why these were bad to eat, and this is why these were good to eat. As to the specifics of those animals and why they were considered clean or unclean. However, 
we do see God clearly does give his reason why these rules were there. We, we, can't, we don't fully understand why the particulars are the way they are, but he does tell us why the commandments are there, and that you'll find that in verse 44, where he says in chapter 11, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord your God, or sorry, for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. So there we see why are these rules in place? Because God wants his people to be holy. God wants his people to be set apart. And there we see clearly in the New Testament, the continuation of these laws regarding clean and unclean animals are not something that New Testament believers are expected to keep. However, we do see so clearly that God still expects his people to be holy for I am holy. God is calling you to be set apart from the world, to live differently for him. And we're reminded here of how seriously he takes that. So as we see these lessons of the clean and unclean foods, and we see Jesus' teaching in the wake of providing free food, I hope we leave today with some lessons on humility and holiness. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.